Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out on the jukebox Nick, have you ever had squash blossoms? Yeah, I have. Fried or like stuff with cream cheese? Both, actually. Why? When and why? It's like at a fancy restaurant. It's not something I, it's not like uh, every other Friday, Josh. This is kind of how I roll. I do Swiss charts well, on Thursdays. Well, obviously it wouldn't be every other Friday because squash is I one know. season, son. Yes. <laughs> I was at a uh, Waffle House one time. Uh, I, <laughs> like, also, I get, uh, chicken and waffles and some squash blossoms? When we used to cater, like they used to have stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I've had squash blossoms. Or, you know, yeah, I've been I've been cooking the shit out of those the last like two weeks. But I think I'm on, I think I'm on my last my last run of squash blossoms. Squash season's almost over. Squash season for Josh is coming to an end. I had a uh, uh, mozzarella sticks with caviar on them last night at my anniversary dinner. It was pretty damn good. I gotta say, huh? It's like a new. I Italian. still have never had caviar. What? I might just ride that one to my grave. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've had it a couple of times. It's whatever. It's not. What I'm is not it? Like, it's just like uh, a little egg. salty, kind of like the texture yeah. is kind of the main thing. Yeah. Pretty, it adds a yeah. little salty texture to, to now, things. Are you dipping this caviar coated mozzarella stick in marinara sauce still? Or? No, no. They bring them out to you just with the caviar on it. You do a little lemon on them, and then you eat it. And they were pretty delicious, I gotta say. It was... I'm not gonna lie. Hard pass. Give me that marinara if I'm getting a fried <laughs> cheese stick. Okay. Well, it is the, the the meeting of two worlds of food. Like, the, the worst thing you could have, or like the kind of dirtiest thing, and then caviar. <laughs> that's kind of that's what this place's deal was. It was, it's like it was called faccia bruto which is basically means like ugly food and it's like we're gonna give you this awesome food and it ain't gonna be pretty and it was it was it was pretty delicious it was definitely one of the better i thought you were gonna say it means nice and dirty nice and dirty actually be a pretty good name for like a bar or a restaurant Mm -hmm. nice and Mm -hmm. dirty how do you like it nice and dirty nice and what are you doing tonight going to nice and dirty so wait we uh i I mentioned josh and squash because like i I think squash may be the only thing that rhymes with josh so people used to say josh squash or whatever and when you were a kid did somebody rhyme your name with something i I, with my name being nick no one ever rhymed my name with anything but what was it is the question (laughs) oh i don't know was it was it nick the prick or you know more more the dick the prick dickless nick got Mm -hmm. it yeah all of those although that doesn't necessarily rhyme Never big dick Nick. That one I would have been like, got it, solid nickname. You can keep that one all through fifth grade. <laughs> Scare those girls. <laughs> you didn't start that rumor yourself? Oh, no. No. Wait, because I remember when we went to college, you were like, my name's Nick, but people called me Big Dick Nick. BDN. Like, okay. You were BTK before uh, BTK. You were BDN. You were a one man. <laughs> pop group oh god uh neil what about you did you have a a rhyme <sighs> no rhymings it was mostly uh my last name's marsh a lot of martians uh, stuff playing off the marsh they left neil alone wait, 
And we're not we're not getting into last names because mine is Bond, and that's you know. I went to get I went to do a blood lab the other day, and the guy was like, "I'm not gonna bother you with a with a with a 007 joke." And I was like, "You just did. You just did." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, another question for you, Neil. Have you ever been to Boston? Ah, uh, I've driven through. That's about it, sadly. Why just driven through? Where were you going? Fish show in Vermont. No, to no. Maine for a spring break. Uh, this show? No, just just <laughs> going to Maine. But you know, you're you're not far off. Where where in Maine? Yeah. A little place called Bethel. Um, it was close to Grafton Notch. Yeah, it was just a little town. My uh, my buddy's brother lived up there and went to college. So freshman year, spring break, us hippies decided to be a good idea to drive all the way to Maine to sit in a cabin and smoke pot. Listen to you know, tunes. There could be worse places to go to do it that. It was, I mean, it was, it was amazing. It was beautiful. Just like tons of beautiful snow. We did all kinds of outdoor kind of stuff. It was great. Nice. Well, speaking of Boston, I, I obviously went to school there. And uh, the voice you're hearing right now is a guy who went to school with me who is from the Shia. He's got a wicked angelic voice. Which you're going to hear for the next three weeks. It is uh, Mr. Nicholas Brennick, or as you know him now, Big Dick Nick. <laughs> is joining us and nick uh welcome to the podcast uh thank you a uh, pleasure to be here long time listener yeah, yeah. first time guest <laughs> uh, long time first time long time now nick with all of our new guests i always ask them three questions in their first episode the first one would be give us a little sprinkling of your musical taste so the the, the fans back home will know uh who they're dealing with uh, I'm all over the map. Generally, you know, rock from you know 1950 to now. It's summer, so I'll mix in a little rap and hip hop. You should be more broad. More broad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Elvis and then Taylor Swift. Actually, not Taylor Swift. That would just be a, that would be a lie. I'd just be impressing a girl, but I'm married, so that wouldn't be great. I told her I listened to a lot of Red. Uh, uh, you know, a little. Little electronic until it became EDM. Once Skrillex uh, started dropping the beat, I was like, "No thanks, I'm out." Some of that late '90s stuff was really good. And, uh, but before that, yeah, I remember you in college. Just get down. You enjoyed holding your pants up with one hand so they wouldn't fall down, and the other hand up in the air, waving it around like you didn't care. I'm not a good dancer to any music, but <laughs> EDM at least you can get away okay. with. It. So since you didn't list any artists, let's let's talk uh, live shows. Uh, give me like I don't know like top two or three live shows you've ever been to. Uh, yeah, so I gave this a thought. Uh, I saw the Rack and Tours in New York City. It was kind of one of the first times I really spent in New York City, and I saw them at Terminal Five, which is pretty cool. It's basically a concert that it's a bar that also has live shows, and it was really right when Jack White was, you know, was still what, White Stripes Rack and Tours in his and, prime. Yeah, yeah, not where he is now with his. With his song writing. Um, so uh, that was great. And I got like real close and I was like, he's definitely looking at me. And he, he wasn't. Why would he be? But it felt that way. So I felt Wait, a real connected. Was he, look, was he looking at you because you were masturbating in the ground? I mean, if, you know. Or was he worried about your stalker eye? You were just stalker eyeing some girl Daddy from as across he the way. And he's like, I got to keep an eye on this one. It was a time in my life where I had a lot of eyes on Jack White. <laughs> and then uh, I saw Nine Inch Nails in Kansas City with my now wife, but she was my girlfriend then, and we got 
pretty close to the stage and it was it was a really great show they it's kind of one of the first shows i saw where they did just a lot of different stuff with the shade uh with the stage with the lights and things like that yeah. it was just i mean they're 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 really great live uh and were you under the influence at all not really it was actually the night before i was i got after it so she was like a little annoyed with me because i was pretty hungover because you know like so many of us sometimes i like to have the party before the party and then when the party yeah. starts you get too excited that first night mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. What? It's like me at every wedding I've ever been to. I can I can see Nine Inch Nails hungover. They freak me out a little bit. Like the Sunday scaries and Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. It it jolted me. It jolted me right. Like. <laughs> yeah. Probably over the like so much. Uh, my wife wanted to crowd surf. I was like, please don't crowd surf. I'm not ready for that. In any like, please don't do that. Yeah. And then I, I would say my last one would be. I mean, I've seen my morning jacket a lot. Always excellent. Uh, and I went and saw them in Portland, Maine uh, with my dad. It was just my dad and I at uh, Thompson Point. It was a really beautiful night, outdoor venue. And they even talked about how across the river, that's where all their records get pressed. So it was like special. And they, ah. just, they just had a set list that was unbelievable. Where it was just every song. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, we are definitely a MMJ you know, friendly. Uh, support friendly podcast. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what, last question. If you and I were to get in the car and pop a cd in or spotify streaming list and you were like check out this new band what are we listening to i mean first i'd have to turn off beach house because i wouldn't want you to put me to sleep uh (laughs) new band for you to listen to you know i would i would try something new that i wasn't sure if i liked or not and i would try to get your opinion like i don't know how i feel about barty's strange i listened to a few times and i would be like what do you think of this guy because i like feel like i like it and that now i don't know if i like it anymore and I would say I'm in the same boat. I've heard a couple of the songs, and I'm like, eh, it may be a little too cheesy for me, but it it's also kind of interesting. So that that would be my response. I haven't heard them yet. It's just a guy. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, speaking of cars real quick, I have one last question for you guys. Neil, give me the car you're driving now and your favorite car you've ever owned car i'm driving now is a toyota rav4 hybrid that i actually do love it's a nice car my favorite car ever um it was probably it was a white ford ranger that i bought in boone north carolina to move out to la Um, i got a great deal on it because it was two-wheel drive in four-wheel drive country i think it was uh it only had like under twenty thousand miles on it i got it for forty eight hundred dollars i had it for all of two months on the way out driving out here to california i was in like a 30 car pileup in new mexico and the the ghost rider was no more (laughs) ghost rider in the sky as uh as well luckily luckily i made it out of that one jesus oh man well nick what about you uh i am driving a toyota corolla right now uh i also have a volkswagen passat that is in the shop and i just received a text from my uh car guy that was like we'll call shortly you need expensive repairs which is just about the worst <laughs> and he never called me so i was like oh great i get to wait all weekend and then he'll call me yeah. monday let me know about how much money um so not the passat not my favorite car i you know i liked my first car that was also a toyota corolla but then i flipped it classic toyota sedan i drive a 69 ford truck f-150 F-250, actually. I love it. It's probably my favorite 
car I've ever had. I it, it surpassed my, my 2005 Jeep Wrangler that I had a while back. And it definitely surpassed the Volkswagen Tiguan I drove in between the Wrangler. <laughs> Wait a minute. Where's the Pathfinder? The, the Pathfinder gave me many good years, but the Pathfinder was part of a, a legacy. It went from my dad to my brother to my little sister and then to me. So I kind of just got the tail end, and I I hung on that tail end. Yeah, you did. And then it went to Steve Lee and Dan Morrow and Jason Krupp <laughs> and every other oh, person what? that lived in the Red House in Boston. Now, 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 you're, now you're taking us back to Boston uh, in our college days, Nick. And uh, for the next three weeks— we are going to be taking our listeners for a Boston band-specific run of Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. Uh, so welcome, Nick, bringing the Boston flavor in. And, and on that note, you are listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. And this week we're talking about Boston and cars, because this week we are discussing the cars, Just What I Needed, from their 1978 self-titled debut album, written by Rick Okasek. And produced by Roy Thomas Baker and released on Electra. Okasic. It's definitely Okasic. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Hold on. <laughs> Written by Rick Okasic <laughs> and produced by Roy Thomas Baker and released on Electra. I don't mind coming here. I've always wanted to do the cars, but this gave me a good reason. I chose just what I needed because it was the song that made it all click for me with the cars, just the rock and guitar. I remember when I heard that solo and it actually sunk in the guitar solo. And as a guitarist, I was so impressed. Yeah. I've always loved their sound. I mean, just the new wave power pop, just so unique. I, I love that it has it all. Like it's kind of slick, cool rock and guitar, well-placed synth melody, but kind of hidden under all that cool is a really hell of a love song or commentary on a quick fling or friends with benefits or whatever he's talking about. You can take this song kind of a couple different ways. Oh, for sure. And it's, it's cool that it was their first single, their, their sound, this song and many of their others still sound relevant today. You know, it still sounds kind of of this era of, in music. You know, I think anything like early seventies or stuff right at the same time can sound kind of dated, but they still pack the radio. I mean, it's crazy. I feel like you hear this song almost once a day or like in LA, I feel like it's either a car driving by or in the supermarket, you're going to hear this song once a day, but I think it's well-deserved. There's a reason you hear it all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I agree. It's definitely got a timeless quality to it because it does. It seems like it it could have come out in any really since it came out, it could have come out at any time and been, and and been a part of the zeitgeist. But you know, this is another rock staple from childhood. I have always loved the sound of the Cars. I can remember from a very young age, just their hit. I loved every one of their hits when it came on. For me, this is like what I think about when somebody says pop rock. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like, it, it's kind of the definition of pop rock for me. I don't have like their hits ranked, but this is definitely one of my favorites. It's. It's got such an iconic intro, and like you mentioned, the guitar solo, and like his deadpan, but sneaky melodic voice that's Mm -hmm. like a little bit hypnotizing, you know, and it's just a fun song. Like it has a catchy riff, the synth riff that comes in. It doesn't come in until like a minute into the song. It's leaning into pop while maintaining an edge, and there's also like a little bit of awkwardness in there, oddly enough. It's a gem. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, when I look it up, I think it's also a bit new wave, but 
it's not. I just think the way it combines the synthesizer and the guitar, is, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's just a great sound, a new sound. You know, I get some talking heads from it, too, a little bit, uh, weirdly enough. And a uh, great album. I mean, it's got nine songs, and six of them are all hits. And the other three are pretty good, too. Yeah. Who doesn't like the cars? I think they're pretty universal. But they're also not, you know, they're not quite as popular as, like, a Led Zeppelin or... Or a lot of things like that. Mm-hmm. Like you just said, I mean, who doesn't like the cars? I mean, they're kind of up there with bands just in terms of how many hits they, let's say their batting average of hits has got to be one of the highest of any bands that's that's come out. Because they only have, what, like five or six albums? Yeah. So If that. And to to Nick's point, I think they even joked as a band they should have just called their, their first album Greatest Hits. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's very true. I mean, the, their whole sound was just right there, right in your face. Let the good times roll, then this, and then it, they just keep coming. Yeah, I think Best Friends Girl, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. And You're All I've Got Tonight. So, th- yeah, but so this song specifically, it started getting radio play as a, as a demo, like the demo of it. Did you guys listen to the demo? I did not. I didn't. It's pretty cool. I didn't, but I will. W- what's, what's the difference? It's it's the same song, just not as well done. You you can feel the it's cool as shit, but it's yeah. like what they did in the production to bring it to what it is is quite amazing. Like Neil, you were you were talking about how it's you know it can be about a lot of different things, you know, love song or a fling or you know longing or or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like if this song came out today, he would definitely be talking about a phone. <laughs> right. yeah well it could be about anything i heard someone saying it uh that it was about heroin i mean they say that about every rock song but just the blood and the feed which i will you know whatever we can just get into the lyric now since we, we're, we're on it already you can correct me if you or you can disagree but i think the bleed and the feed is you know what rhymes with what i mean it's just like it just sounds cool oh uh, yeah i was definitely <laughs> think they're like need uh feed Lead. <laughs> indeed. No, no, get that indeed out of there. What about weed, man? Oh, I know. I guess you're just what I need. Just what I need. I needed someone to feed. I guess you're just what but, but it works in terms of I needed someone to bleed. I needed someone to give. I needed someone to feed. I needed someone to take. Like, mm-hmm. so it does mm-hmm. work in that in that scenario of. You know, you annoy me, but I still love you, and I lose my mind when I'm around you. I mean, I find these mm-hmm. lyrics to be kind of sleazy. I mean, that's what I like about it. The perfume, like, mm. what what does it mean when you're like, I don't mean, I don't mind you hanging out and talking in your sleep. Like, what? <laughs> What's going on <laughs> well, there? I don't, I don't think it's sleazy. I don't know if sleazy is the right word. I think it's more of just like somebody who's in a relationship and the the girl driving him mad because she gets on his nerves. Which, you know, you two are married. I've been in a relationship for, you know, years and it doesn't matter who you're dating but on both ends. Like you're going to get in, like there's things that make you lose your mind in a good way and a bad way about that well, person. So I think in that way, this lyric is just really tight little pop lyric about. Do you think he's saying I kind of lose my mind as he's you're annoying the shit out of me or like he's just smitten? I think that I think that's what it's a yeah, fun little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can take it as, can mean both both things. Mm-hmm, so he mm-hmm. he found a nice little line to to, to use right there. Yeah, because I, mean, I, I never saw the darkness in that. I don't know. I think it's someone that's like you annoy me, but man, we when we when we get to getting it, oh yeah, I think that is what he's talking yeah. about here. My... So you think it's all like I'm only with you for the sex. Uh... Every everything else. 
<laughs> is annoying the shit out of me. Which, you know, talking in your sleep and stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, he does mention basically anything that's that's not sex. And the give and take. Out. I need someone to feed. I need someone to bleed. Like, you know. I think people were having yeah. some shallow sex in 1978. <laughs> that's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I mean, just my optimistic take on things. I definitely was full in like, oh, yeah, it's such a cool love song. And then I was like, wait a minute. Oh, let me... Let me rethink this take. Uh, but yeah, even the, I kind of lose my mind. Like in my head, it was just like, oh my God, she's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> she's so pretty. I mean, and he almost it's not the perfume that you wear. It's not the ribbons in your hair. So he's almost kind of like, I don't like, it's almost like you're high maintenance. And I don't like the like superficiality of I, it. You fucking drive me nuts. I saw but it as like. I guess you're like, just what I needed. At her core. I need someone to feed. It's good to go. I mean, I don't care about the perfume, the ribbons. Like I, I saw it the completely different way. But I think you can, you can look yeah, at it both yeah, ways. Yeah, totally. And, totally. and that's, that's, the, uh, that's what a good lyric does, and this is a really good lyric. Yeah, these are great, great rock it, lyrics, definitely. You're right. It's, and it could be that, too. It's like, hey, I know you're trying to look good, but deep down, like, this is what you're just what I want. But also, yeah, yeah. you annoy the crap out of me. Because you waste a lot of my time, and you talk in your sleep, and, and yeah, I, I yeah. feel like I'm doing—I feel like I'm doing more feeding than bleeding right now. Well, I think the other thing that that you know helps the lyric, or you know helps the lyric stand out, is the singer uh, Benjamin Orr, who is the vocalist and the bass player in this mm-hmm. band it really has the uniqueness of this yes it's in the production and some of the stuff they're doing with the guitars and synths but his voice is just so particular and specific and not really like anything that you'd heard before because it's so deadpan it's so deep and not in like a johnny cash deep way it's almost like in a nerd johnny cash deep way yeah and he's the most handsome guy in the band by so much it's kind of insane he looks like <laughs> kind of looks like a what's his name he looks from, like a, um from blade runner the the enemy from blade runner rucker hauer and he looks like rucker hauer kind of i think he looks like a really sexy james spader <laughs> <laughs> well do hold you on remember? let me get that visual hold on hold on ah, do you remember when we were watching I only think of office era james spader Oh, we sorry. were watching the uh, the Midnight Special DVD I have, and this song is on there, The Cars. Yeah, I was. Oh, we were watching with we were watching with that girl Rain you were dating, and she was like, "Oh, oh yeah. my god, he's so fucking hot!" It's like she couldn't <laughs> she couldn't stop about it the whole song. She was just like <laughs> blushing. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, I do remember that. God, man, I, that that kind of takes me back. That was a long time uh, ago. <laughs> Are we keeping this in? <laughs> Uh, we'll see. But, you know, so this week I've kind of been, you know, preparing for the cover a little bit. You know, when you hear it, you're like, okay, he kind of sounds like a robot, but I guess in this case a sexy robot, you know, if we're, if we're talking about uh, Benjamin Orr. When you when you hear it, like, Neil, I think you sent it to me. You're like, yeah, man, you can do it in the key. It's just like, I don't mind you coming here. But, like, if you think about that, he's like, he starts pretty low. Mm-hmm. I don't mind you coming here. And then drops halfway through the first fucking line. Mm-hmm. wasting all my time like he's doing a lot of like climbing steps and then mm-hmm. ascending mm-hmm. and descending steps that are, yeah. are are very quick and not too high or too low but he's doing a lot of work moving in between there because it's just such a specific unique way he delivers a song and we talk about 
you know, certain vocalists that make choices. And I don't know if this is, this, these are definitely choices because, you know, if you think of something like Drive, which mm-hmm. he sings, who's going to drive me home yeah. tonight? Like he can croon a little bit, but this is more robotic. And, it's, yeah. and that's a decision he's making, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think it was weird, like growing up, I don't think I knew they were a Boston band until till a couple weeks ago. Uh, I didn't. I was, when I was trying to uh, think of a Boston band. And it's weird because I always thought, like, I didn't know where they're from. Like, are they British? Or, like, it was almost like the way they sang and the music, it made it sound un-American or, or kind of, like, exotic. I don't know what the right word is there. I, well, I think you said it in the beginning. It's just unique. A, I didn't realize they were a Boston band. And B, I didn't realize the song came out in 1978. Yeah, it was early. <laughs> I would have been, like, 82? Mm-hmm. Because you say new wave, but this is pre-new wave. Yeah, I, I, I do think, yeah, I think it's almost the start of just like that that pop rock sound, like mixing everything, taking in like the synth sounds and real punchy pop music, you know what I mean? You know, as we mentioned, the producer is Roy Thomas Baker, who, I mean, if you look up this guy, he's worked with basically everyone, but he's most well known because he did the first five Queen records. He produced mm-hmm. those, and he produced the first four Cars records. And you really, there is a Queen sound, not necessarily on this song, but on this record. Like when I was listening to it today, before I knew uh, that he did Queen, I was like, man, this sounds a lot like Queen. It's probably why um, the guitars sound so good. They, yeah. they bring that up on the Midnight Special, too. The guy's like, yeah, they sound a little like Queen and David Bowie. And you get a little David Bowie there, too, I think, with them. Oh, nice, nice. I don't see Bowie as much, but the Queen, just because there is an anthemic pop quality to them the way he's singing like is very bowie yeah exactly mm, yeah he definitely is a little okay. bowie yeah that's fair oh son yeah you're wasting all my time <laughs> ribbons in your hair <laughs> well okay six said it's velvet underground which i could see that but that's more of the doom, doom, he just doom, took that's the line the he took the line wasting all my time time he also said that was one of his biggest influences and if you listen, you know, mm-hmm, we've talked mm-hmm. about the strokes on here and we talk about all these bands that are kind of just straightforward. Doom, 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 doom. And that's kind of where yeah. you're getting that from is, is the Velvet Underground, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, and they have a, a similar, even the Velvet Underground, the cars, the strokes, it's all like cool black leather jacket bands. You know I, I, mean? I feel, but I feel like the cars are way more poppy than both of those bands. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but that's what Lou Reed ended up kind of doing lou reed was like i just you know i want to write perfect you know walk of the wild he's like i just want to do perfect pop songs he kind of moved away from the art artist scene so i could see especially mm-hmm. right around then too so you know that could be part of it as well oh absolutely i th- I do just to, you know not to belabor the production but you know i do think it's pretty much unassailable i i don't know you know i don't know enough about it to know how much is him and how much is the cars um but i have to think like the anthemic quality of this song is him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the song was a song was already written, and they 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 had that demo, like I said. But the what was taken from the demo to the production was a, a shit ton that really made them shine. Yeah, I mean, my favorite part of the song is the intro, right? Funny side note, and Neil, I know you guys probably saw this. He took the intro, like just how it goes, straight from the Ohio Express's "Yummy, Yummy, Yummy." Really? <laughs> yummy, 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 I got done in my tummy. But yummy, yummy, yummy just starts off, it goes, dun, dun, dun. 
and then it kind of goes to that part. Whereas what they add is the bump, bump, bump. Yeah, but one thing that's really cool I didn't notice till I started trying to play it is it it's the timing's all weird in that. That's why it sounds funky. Yes, because it's on seven. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, boom, five, six, boom, and then then oh, they and then they bring it back into the eight with one, two, three, four, five, six, boom. So you add oh, that extra beat. And then after that, so it, it, it almost kind of creates this this vibe of like, oh, we're, we're, this is a hard rock song. And then when that, I don't know, mm-hmm. if that, is that a backbeat that comes in? when mm-hmm. uh, Right before you start singing, it kind of starts to swing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, shit, this just kind of changed the entire vibe of this song. And you have this kind of, I don't mind you coming here, like this <laughs> deadpan voice. Yeah, yeah. It, it almost kind of keeps you on your toes and gets you a little bit, it gets you excited for what is going to follow. Definitely. I mean, the song definitely keeps you on your toes. I love how the um, the chorus doesn't come in until like over halfway through, maybe. I know. It's like it's verse, great. verse, bridge, kind of mini bridge, verse, and then the chorus. The first solo where they kind of mix the synth and the guitar. Mm-hmm. Like, listening to it all week, I'm almost like, eh. But it brings the synth in. The one thing it does is it brings the synth in, and then the synth really starts playing that super catchy riff in mm-hmm. the next verse. Yeah, well, that super catchy riff comes in right away. I mean, it, that comes in right away as soon as the synth is in with that, that break, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I like it when it comes in in the background in the verse. You're like, mm-hmm, ooh, mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. now it's like, it's almost like they're just, they make the song poppier as it, like, it's like, we talk about a lot of songs where different elements are added in and added in and added in and added in. And this is pretty a straightforward, like, ooh, it's a hard rock song. And like, ooh, now it's kind of, uh, 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 you know, like, like a Ramon style pop punk song. And it's like, oh no, now we got synths and mm-hmm. we got this melodic riff and we got some backups kind of, call and response or re- repeating and they just make it more poppy as the song goes on mm-hmm. yeah i definitely agree with that it it escalates into just a full on pop song and it doesn't necessarily have to go that way with how it starts i mean they can they could they could almost just keep it kind of how that whole thing and just do it that way but instead they blow it up I and mean, that's yeah. what makes it such a hit that's arguably what the velvet underground would have done and and then they kind of pull you right back because it's like synth and guitar and then the second solo is just this nasty quick guitar solo that's like whoa it, it's just got all of these amazing elements in three minutes of song yeah and it's almost like that thing we talk about the good better something unexpected you know yeah but this yeah. in this case it was the chorus neil the chorus come on. comes that, that, in it's called the floyd baby <laughs> the floyd, they're, 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 the are, floyd. You, are you are you saying just what i needed floyd's us it sure does with the chorus and then the guitar solo after that chorus it gives us a floyd okay i got, I got a raging floyd right now <laughs> we should mention that uh Rick Ocasek, backing vocals and rhythm guitar, writer of the song. Elliot Easton is playing lead guitar and also backing vocals. Benjamin Orr, as we mentioned, is the lead vocals and bass guitar. David Robinson is playing drums and percussion. And Greg Hawks is keyboards and backing vocals. And that is the cars. I I will say the drums stand out to me as well. I, I do love just how they accentuate the drummer 
in different points of the song. He's mm-hmm. got some great fills. He does all the dynamic stuff in the in the beginning because the guitar is just going. Dum, 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 yeah, the drums are nice. I mean, I can't. I really can't say enough about the guitar. The solo we talked about is amazing. But even the way the guitar, the couple guitars build throughout the song, and it, he keeps getting more aggressive and nastier as the song goes along, and putting in all these fills that sound like they'd be too much, but they slide right in the pocket and sound great. I've always thought of the cars as like, this is the perfect length of a guitar solo. Like whenever I hear a, a, a car's guitar solo, I'm like, God, yep. just come, he comes in, he rips for like a half a verse or a verse and, <laughs> and that's it. And then he's out and it's just like, that was all yeah, I needed. It's precision. That was just what I needed, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Since I mentioned the, the chorus, we should talk about the chord progression Pretty straightforward, other than it uses a major three, which is not that common. And before they go into the chorus, when when they kind of change it up to the, I don't mind you hanging out, dun, 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 and then it goes to that major three and talking mm-hmm. in your sleep. Bah, bah. So that kind of throws you for a little loop, and it sounds really nice, very effective how they use that. And that's really the only kind of out-of-the-box thing they're doing in the song. Otherwise, it's one, four, five, and there's a six in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's it. It's just straight ahead. Just good songwriting. Nothing too fancy. So in saying all that, Nick, what's your favorite part of the song? Uh, I really like the way just the synth and the guitar work together. And then, yeah, that second guitar solo is so good. <laughs> it does. It, yeah. You know, that's just, I think that elevates the song. I mean, and listen, it's, it's very good anyway, but that stuff to me makes it great. And the and the the end of the solo is just so. That is, I I was trying to think. I was like, what is the catchiest part of this song? Because you know, that's just what I needed. I don't think that is. I think it's either that end of that guitar solo, the riff, which is yeah. Or honestly, whenever I hear this song, when I walk away for like the next hour or two, I'll just find myself going. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, <laughs> be doing that yeah part from the end. Yeah, <laughs> that's almost like what's his name? Rick. That's like Ricky, like Elvis, Ricky Nelson thing at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's like pop star like yeah like, kind of voice, like crooning a little bit, which mm-hmm. is so different than anything else he's doing before. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Neil, what's your favorite part? Well, um, to not keep talking about the solo, that was certainly the best. I don't know if I would have chosen this song without that solo in it. So I think you're you're Ah. right on there, Nick. It it definitely elevates it. And to not talk about that even more, I'll go with the end where he says, so bleed me. He's almost flipping it, almost like uh, Stand By Me does, kind of. They hang for another, for an extra bar there. So so bleed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that kind of leads into the, you're just what I needed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They're fantastic. All right, so a couple fun facts. Uh, As we've mentioned, this is their first single. It reached number 27 on the charts, which, again, just crazy. It's so weird to hear these songs. Like, Nick, we were talking about Stand By Me a couple weeks ago and like it didn't even chart when it came out but growing up you're like how i obviously just assumed that song was number one i if you would i would have bet a hundred dollars that this song was like top five at least yeah yeah for sure which is crazy but uh anyway it was also number 369 on rolling stone's most recent list of its greatest 500 songs of all time which is probably about i mean it belongs there right Mm -hmm. it didn't offend me but now I think it's time we uh, we vibe. And Nick, this being your first week, you get to bring us into the vibe section 
with uh, with giving us some kind of vibe sound to set the mood. Um, so cue the music in three, two, one. Mm. Ah, just <laughs> that's a car driving away. <laughs> went, oh yeah, yeah. I like it. Well, Neil, this is your song, so when do you want to hear just what I needed? Well, as I said, it plays everywhere all the time, so I don't, I don't know if I'm going to put it on for a specific purpose. Um, the one time I would would be uh, if I was having a discussion with guitar players about amazing, unique solos and how to play a precision, in-and-out, <laughs> punchy solo. You want to leave a mark, kid? <laughs> right here. And then once again, once again, I was like, oh, my God, this would be a great wedding song. <laughs> <laughs> but not like a, a walk-up or a first dance. No, just like first dance would be fun. If you were singing it to each other, like you always knew to wear it well. You look so fancy, I can tell. I guess you're just what I needed. I don't I mind you coming here and yeah, wasting yeah. all my time. <laughs> it could be cool. It'd be cool. If done right, it would be cool. If t- if they're right, okay, okay. Nick, what you got? I mean, I think maybe you're at a bachelor party and some untoward things <laughs> might have be happening. And <laughs> and the cocaine dealer does uh, shave in a haircut right on the door, and you just know <laughs> you're about to get what you need. <laughs> he just he just shows up, and this is on the playlist, and everybody's like, you're just what I needed. <laughs> and they start dancing, and the guy's like, okay, where's my money? <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, <laughs> Neil, I'm, sim- I'm similar to you. It's like I, I'm not just going to put it on. Like I could hear this anytime, but it's really um, like specifically like if if me and the lady are going to a party or going to a show and we're 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 going to have some drinks. We don't have the kids. We're getting an Uber. This is like kind of quiet on the on the classic rock that mm-hmm. he's playing. Although I never get classic rock in my Ubers these days, uh, and I'm like, turn that shit up. Like I've already yeah, yeah. had a couple beers for pregame. Yeah, ready yeah, to yeah. go. Yeah, this is just what I needed right now. <laughs> Let's do it. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of taking Ubers, perfect time to slide under the influence and talk about the influence of this song. Um, so Nick, why don't you get us started here? What does this song sound like? What you think it influenced? What you think it was influenced by? Another song you like? Whatever. You don't have to do all of those. Just pick one. Uh, just couple, so much 80s music uh, with the synth and the guitar. I mean, I hear Aha, Take On Me, and like I hear Tears for Fears. Uh, you know, I get some talking heads. Uh, you know, listen to Psycho Killer, mm-hmm. and then listen to some of this. I mean, that album, mm-hmm, I think, came mm-hmm, like a year or two mm-hmm. before. And then some of the later stuff, I just, some of, I, I got a lot of talking heads out of it. And, uh, you know. I, th- I think t- Talking Heads are more contemporary. I think they were they were there in the late seventies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're mm-hmm. definitely contemporaries, yeah. and that's where their best albums were too. Is you know seventy seven yeah. to eighty five. You know, and, and the cars were right in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of weird. You know, his voice. They get a little David Byrne from it. Yeah, definitely. Like you know, obviously the Queen uh, stuff. Queen is a little bit before them, and there's obviously a lot of. You know, with Baker pro- pro- producing, I would say they're an extension of what like early Beatles were doing, just in terms of like pop rock. You know, you're taking these three minute pop rock and roll songs and just like, hey, let's fit all this stuff in there. So it's almost like a precursor to the new wave, like the Beatles for that that kind of thing. And then just moving forward, for some reason, I mean, the the Killers mm-hmm. really 
just like from a first album perspective the killers first album is is very similar to like if they were 30 years later what they may have been doing so that's yeah that's what i got definitely the um, beatles and the killers <laughs> <laughs> from the beatles to the cars to the killers history of music yes scene yeah you just hit that's, um, that's what i listened to it's just what i told you from the start <laughs> I, I read somewhere so it, i can't f- remember who said it but they they mentioned tommy james and the shondells and that's ah. true there's a lot of like on money money and their yeah. original i think we're alone now or think we're alone now narwhal <laughs> uh, i think we're alone narwhal uh the ohio express is same time you know that kind mm-hmm. of music like that the bum, 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 like the strawberry delight yeah. or whatever that band's name was and then um one song that it reminded me of for some reason just like the the powerful chanting chorus and the way it builds up to it is take me home tonight <laughs> Exactly. You're exactly. doing money? Eddie yeah. money? Absolutely. Oh. Yeah, because it just like slaps it. you in the face, you know? Yeah. The money, I don't man. I let you go until I see the light. And speaking of not letting you go until you see the light, it's time we slide under the covers. I'll start off. I listened to a few covers. There's a lot of covers of the song, mm-hmm. and a lot that are available. We'll start with Eric Church. I listened to his live <laughs> version, which is. You know, this is not the first time we've done a classic rock song that he covers live. And, you know, if I was at an Eric Church show and, I, and he played this, I'd be like, cool. Yeah. Um, I just love how he, uh, you know, puts that country on it. The hanging out. I don't mind hanging you hanging out. out. Well, how could he not? <laughs> I guess you just would have needed. Uh, there's, a, there's a somebody called K.O.S. Did y'all listen to this one? No. It's... It starts out, and you're like, all right, this is kind of fun. And then he just throws in a rap. Like, Ooh. he just throws in a rap midway through, and Ooh. you're like, no, Bad thank decision. you. <laughs> Unfortunately, I listened to the Poison version of this Ooh. song, which is, you know, for a band that made a lot of money with and had some hit songs, to sound so cheesy and bar bandy doing this, it's so bad. Um, I stand by on Skitty Bop. Yeah. <laughs> Next on uh, Pod Gave Rock. <laughs> Never on Pod Gave Rock. Uh, the Scott Bradley postmodern jukebox makes another appearance and just jazzy. It was so good. Goodness. So good. Yeah, I wish we had heard hit. that before we started the cover because it's got a I, nice swing to it. I know. It's really nice. They always do the thing, man. I really like every time we hear a cover by them. Um, there's a band called Seaway that did it, and I would respond by saying, no way. Yep, agree. I, um, that one I heard. Whoa. <laughs> and then there's one other one I want to mention because of the band name, not because of the cover. It's uh, Dwayne Gretzky. And Dwayne Gretzky is the worst version I heard. Like, takes it into emo singer-songwriter level. Whereas, like, Seaway's, like, emo band singer level, this is, like, songwriter, where he's changing the melody and stuff. Guess you just would have needed. Oh God, no, no! <laughs> You're like, whoa, no! That's not how you recreate this song. Did any, any others? Uh, I heard the Weezer version. Mm, that oh, makes sense. I wish I would have seen yeah, that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's hard just because when you do a cover, they do it pretty straight. They're, they do a couple little different things, but it's just, just like ah, you right know, this there. isn't bad, but like, <laughs> why, 
Why would I ever want to hear that's this? That's a great instead? influence too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like Weezer definitely. It almost makes too guys. much sense. Like <laughs> that, that's it. That's exactly that's yeah. exactly how you feel when you listen to the cover. You're like, oh, of course. Yeah. And I think they did it yeah. when they were pretty starting out too. Neil, do you have any? Well, on that same note, uh, the Killers. I saw them do it live, and that was wow. like, this makes perfect sense. And then it, th- and then he started singing. I was like, hell yes! Like they sing it. It's so it's so good. Like it, it makes, oh really? Okay, good. And and because probably because it was live too and well done, I could see them doing a recorded version. It's like yeah, 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 whatever. But well, that that dude Flowers can sing. Yeah, like Flowers Flowers has a clean clean voice and he can do some shit with it. And um, you said you had heard the worst version, but you did not hear the Strokes with Jarvis Cocker doing it. And it was fine. Really? They could have done it well. I mean, those are two artists that I enjoy. Certainly, but it was like right after Ocasek's death. So they're kind of like, let's just do this live. We didn't rehearse it. Like they're doing the oh. bumps and Julian's like, I don't m-. Like he didn't know where to come in. Um, mm. Like you said, the, the the original, he gets up there. And uh, actually Julian was having a rough time with like the, just what I needed. <laughs> <laughs> he sounded like he was having a hernia. <laughs> oh, man. Well, speaking of... Uh having hernias i think it's time to talk about how the shoe fits for this song neil it's your song how does the shoe fit for the cars um well they fit uh, they feel fit like silver and black tennis shoes uh not for every occasion okay jesus christ occasion i think occasion works (laughs) in this in in this uh okay now let's just scenario not for every occasion but when they work they work just what the outfit needed (laughs) just what the outfit needed neil you've been bringing your shoe game lately and i appreciate it um Uh, nick what you got i mean we're at the same bachelor party you hear the shave and the haircut you open the door and it is a buxom blonde and she is wearing thigh high black boots and you are ready to get just what you needed that particular night and she's like where's the money <laughs> you're like can you stick that up my ass um <laughs> where's the money i so i was i needed a pair, i wanted to i didn't need these weren't just what i needed i wanted a pair of loafers so i found these and i didn't know there's a pair of loafers called drivers Right. Mm-hmm. So these fit like the suede drivers that I just bought. No socks. In a sports car. Cruising through the hills. Is that too douchey? Is that too douchey for the cars? A little bit. Or, a little bit. Or right on the money. Um, I thought you were going to say sport coat. I'm glad you said car. <laughs> so like a nice loafers, no socks, sport coat. Sport coat, <laughs> jean shorts, you know, the... The hillbilly elegy right there. I mean, that sport <laughs> coat has to be white. It has to be a white sport coat. Mm-hmm. No, it's got to be Nate. It's got to be like uh, the bright blue with the very gold buttons that are like almost d- uh, d- like not attached. Like they're hanging on by like one thread. <laughs> that's that's and then uh, and then obviously a sailor's yeah, cap. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, cut. Mm-hmm. And then basically you're David Lee Roth. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, uh, our cover of the cars. Just what I needed. I don't mind you coming here Wasting all my time 
Cause when you're standing oh so near I kind of lose my mind It's not the perfume that you wear It's not the ribbons in your hair I don't mind you coming here And wasting all my time cover you just heard was performed by neil marsh and josh bond thanks for listening to pod gave rock and roll to you if you like what you heard please subscribe and give us a good rating on apple or spotify or wherever you listen if you want to reach out to us you can find us on twitter and instagram under the handle at pod gave rock next week it's your week josh what are we going to listen to we're going to keep it near the charles river and discuss the pixies where is my mind damn wait <laughs>